morning again. It's me still. So there's a lot, of, a lot of me today. Today we're going to look at the fourth week of Advent. That theme of the fourth week today is love. Uh, love is, 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 the, is the pink candle. We lit after the kids came down, if you noticed that, just in case there was an accident. So we lit the candles a little late today, but that was for a reason. The fourth candle was lit as the candle for love. And so today we're going to talk about love. We're going to jump around just a few places, so I apologize. We'll be in Mark and in the book of Romans and in 1 John. But I just want to give you a kind of a snapshot and a picture of this idea of love. What does love really mean? Our culture, society has one definition. The Bible, I think, has another. And so we're going to look today at Mark chapter 12. Jesus asked a really important question, a question that's common to the time and place and to, to the people who are around Jesus and it goes like this in Mark chapter 12, beginning in verse 28. It says, One of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating. Noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer, he asked him, Of all the commandments, which is the most important? Not an uncommon question for Jewish people to ask a rabbi, a teacher, Rabbi, which, which of the commandments do you believe is the most important? Now, the Jewish people lived by 613 commandments that are found in the Old Testament. There's 613 separate commands that are given by God in the Old Testament. And so what the, the person is asking the rabbi essentially is out of all those 613, which one of them is the most important? Which one, if you had to pick one to follow, which one is it? And so this is Jesus' response in verse 29 and following. It says this, The most important one, answered Jesus, is this, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. Second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. Jesus' response is one that's actually probably fairly common in time and place. Jesus, one, quotes from Deuteronomy 6.4, which is part of the Shema, a prayer that Jewish people said every day. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. One of the things that separated the Jewish people from other people in their society and culture was monotheism, that they believed in one God, and that there wasn't multiple gods and goddesses like many others believed, that there was only one God. Deuteronomy 6.4 is where we hear that for one of the first times. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is, is one. Jesus says, because there's only one God, it's our job to love that God. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. Jesus is essentially saying, your job, the first most important commandment, is to love God with everything you have. Give it all you've got. Which is not as parents what we teach our kids when they do something know about you. Uh, school was fairly easy for me growing up, and so I, there was an expectation from my parents that grades needed to be pretty good because it came fairly natural to me. And all my parents asked was that I give everything I possibly had, whether it was school or sports or I went to work, it was give it an all-out effort, right? Give it everything you had. As long as I did that, no matter what grade I came home with, because math started to get a little hard when they started putting letters in there, I was like, what is this about? I don't like this very much. I, I, the numbers I was good with. So I putting letters in my math. I'm like, why, why are we doing this? This isn't fun anymore. So all my parents asked was I gave it everything I possibly had. That's what Jesus is telling us, is he not? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. If you approach life with those, doing those four things, in anything you do, you will be successful eventually. It might take work, and you might have to grind it out for a while, but you will be successful if you give it any, everything you've got. And there are stories after stories of people you can see who, whether they were musicians or singers or actors and actresses or, or athletes or whoever, or engineers or lawyers or doctors, who maybe weren't as naturally gifted as others, maybe didn't come naturally to them, but they just worked so hard, 
and gave everything they had that they succeeded. They succeeded time and time again. So the first commandment is simple. Love God with everything you have. With everything you've got. The second is a little harder. Love your neighbor as yourself. The first thing that pops into our mind is, but what if our neighbor's a jerk? Right? What if I don't like my neighbor? What if he's grumpy? What if she's mean? Right, this, one, this one's harder. The first one we can all get on board with, loving God with everything we have. Okay, that's fairly easy. We understand that. We should love him for everything he's done for us. The second one is harder. Loving that neighbor as yourself. And Jesus says there is no commandment greater than these. And this is the response the teacher has for Jesus' comments here. He says this, Well said, teacher, the man replied. You are right in saying that God is one and there is no other but him. To love him with all your heart, with all your understanding, with all your strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself is more important than all burnt offerings and sacrifices. When Jesus saw that he had answered wisely, he said to him, You are not far from the kingdom of God. And from then on, no one dared ask him any more questions. So you get it. Right? Jesus' response to the man is, you're right, you've got it, you're, you're close, you're there. Now this just so happens, this verse, this, this little saying here of loving God with everything you have and loving your neighbor as yourself pops up in Scripture a few other times. And one of those times is by the Apostle Paul in the book of Romans, chapter 13. It says this, Let no debt remain outstanding except the continuing debt to love one another. Whoever loves others has fulfilled the law. What's his response then? If you were to ask Paul that same question, remember Paul was a scholar in the Old Testament. Paul, what's the, what's the one thing you need to do? He seems to agree with Jesus. Love God and love others. And he says that's the fulfillment of the law. All 613 commandments can be squished down into two. Love God and love others. This is what he says. The commandments, and he's going to list some of those ten, the big ones. You shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet, and whatever other command there may be are summed up in this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no harm to a neighbor, therefore love is the fulfillment of the law. Now some question, well, what, who's my neighbor? What, how do we define neighbor? And of course, neighbor is whoever you happen to be around in that moment. That's your neighbor. What I want to talk to you about just for a minute is the command, the second command given, to love your neighbor as yourself. Now, it's important that we read every one of those words. Jesus seems to believe that you cannot love other people until you love yourself. And that can be hard for many of us to love ourselves because we know us. Jeremiah says in the Old Testament that the heart of man is deceitful above all things. The Old Testament tells us that our righteousness is that of filthy rags. Jesus calls us sheep, and if you've ever been around sheep, you know that's not a compliment, right? That's not, they're not smart. And so we look in the mirror sometimes, and we aren't content, and we aren't happy with what we see looking back at us. Maybe, maybe we've put on a little holiday weight. Maybe we just don't feel like we used to feel as we've aged. Maybe it's just been a rough week or month or year and things don't seem to be going our way. Maybe we're struggling with anxiety or depression. 
Jesus says we've got to love ourselves before we can love anyone else. And right now, in one of the most hectic times of the year for all of us, this is a great reminder. What are you doing to make sure you love the thing looking back at you in the mirror? Struggling with anxiety and struggling with depression is not things that Christians, don't, Christians suffer with those things. It happens to us. And you can't just pray those things away. Don't just go away. It's okay if you're struggling in some of those areas. It's okay. We seem to have a stigma when it comes to our mental health. that We can't talk about it, that we have to just pull ourselves up by our bootstraps. That doesn't always work. Sometimes it does. Sometimes you're just in a little funk and, and you just have to listen to your favorite song or go drive around and just jam in whatever. Your Backstreet Boys, if you grew up in the 2000s or your AC, whatever it is, you just got to go jam and just got to be by yourself a little bit and get, get your mind right again. It's okay if you struggle with those things. You're not somehow less Christian if those are areas in your life in which you struggle. We have somewhat of a crisis on our hands in our country. I don't know if you know this or not, but the suicide rate has gone up 33% from 1999 to 2017. 14 for every 1,000 people in our country will kill themselves. It's the fourth leading cause for people aged 35 to 54. It's the second leading cause of death for people ages 10 to 34. And it's the tenth cause of death overall in our country. Jesus says you've got to love yourself before you can love anyone else. We have people who are hurting, who are seeking and needing help. And they often hurt really bad during this time of the year. So as those of us who are Christians, who have the light inside of us, who've got this Holy Spirit, have to be on guard for those people and figure out how can we care for them better? How can we help them know that they matter? That their, their life is important. I, we will never know why people make that decision. We'll never know. If you've ever known somebody or someone you've loved has committed suicide, you're left with far more questions than you are answers. You never know. What we do know is they get to a point in which they look in the mirror and they say, I don't want to live anymore. That's what we do know. And I believe we can be, as Christians, light and salt to them. We can remind them that there's a God who loves them. That when all else fails and everybody else around them has failed them, that there's a God who has never failed anyone ever. And the fourth candle we lit today is the candle of love. And I'm telling you that we live in a world that's in desperate need of God's love. So we can get online and we can debate over politics or whatever and we can say all kinds of stupid things or we could not. We could be light and salt. doesn't mean we can't stand up for what we believe in, but arguing with someone on your keyboard is not going to make things any better for them or you. You're just going to waste each other's time and keystrokes. What we can be is agents of love. There's anything that's going to transform this world it's going to be that. God's love. Not my love, because my love isn't all that great. I'm just another person. But God's love is supreme and paramount. And His love will change this world. John says this in First John about this idea of love. He says, We know that we have come to know Him if we keep His commands. Whoever says, I know Him, but does not do what He commands is a liar. And the truth is not in that person. 
But if anyone obeys his word, love for God is truly made complete in them. This is how we know we are in him. Whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did. Dear friends, I'm not writing you a new command, but an old one which you have had since the beginning. This old command is a message you have heard. Yet I'm writing you a new command. Its truth is seen in him and in you because the darkness is passing and true light is already shining. Anyone who claims to be in the light but hates a brother or sister is still in the darkness. Anyone who loves their brother and sister lives in the light, and there is nothing in them to make them stumble. But anyone who hates a brother or sister is in the darkness and walks around in the darkness. They do not know where they are going because the darkness has blinded them. We cannot profess to, to be Christians, to love this Jesus and hate other people. It just is, it's incompatible, John tells us. That you have to order and to live in light, you've got to love other people. And the moment we begin to hate others is the moment we find ourselves in darkness. Now, I understand it can be difficult. We're, we're hard to love, are we not? All of us are, me included in that. We're, we can be difficult to love. Don't look at your spouse right now. Don't do that, right? Don't look at them during this moment. Look at me, straightforward. Eyes up here. It's like when the teacher was going to call on you in class, right? You don't want to get called on, so you look down. Like, don't make eye contact with the teacher. I don't know the answer. I don't want to be called on embarrassing for everybody. Same moment right now. Don't look over to your right or left. We're difficult to love. We just are. We are. We're hard to love. We can be selfish and conceited and arrogant and prideful and want our own way just because it's our own way. It doesn't mean it's right or it's better, but just because we want it our way or it's the highway. And yet, the commandment is the same. Love God and love other people like you love yourself. And so we've got to leave this place every week doing our very best. That's all God asks of us, right? Is our very best to love other people. Doesn't mean you're not going to be frustrated by them. Doesn't mean you have to... Notice, the commandment isn't to like everybody. You don't have to like everybody. That's not the commandment because that's never going to happen. God knows us. He goes, that's never going to ever happen. You're not going to like everybody. But the commandment is to love them. And Jesus has... John tells us, we, if, in order to love, we have to be like him. Jesus showed us what love was once and for all, didn't he? Shows us that love sacrifices. That love gives. That's how the Bible, by the way, defines love. The word that we see time and time again appear in the Bible, in the Greek language, is, is the word agape, and it means to, to sacrificially give. Love has a cost, doesn't it? You love someone, there's a cost that comes with that. Our God seems to believe the cost is worth it. And you think about the cost that he paid to show us how much he loves us. That this little innocent baby would grow up and at 30 years old start his ministry and in just three and a half short years would have to face the cross, which is a terrible way of dying, to show us his love. Love has a cost price that has to be paid. And Jesus paid that price for us on the cross. Where his blood was spilled for our benefit, not for his. So if you love someone, that means you have to sacrifice and you have to give. But it's worth it. It always has been. And it always will be. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, we thank you for the opportunity we have to come here today and to, to see all our, our wonderful children get up and sing and and do an amazing job, Father. And just It brings great uh, joy to our hearts to see all of them up here 
giving it their best. God, we thank you for your son Jesus who showed us what love is in flesh and blood. He embodied love, cared for others, cared for those who no one else cared about, who everyone else had overlooked or cast aside. God, he didn't give up on them. And so we ask you, knowing that that, your Holy Spirit resides in us, to, to guide us and lead us into your love every day. Help us to love one another with everything we have, knowing that it can be extraordinarily hard sometimes to do so. God, we thank you. We love you. It's your son Jesus' name we pray and all God's people said. Amen. Amen.